you're listening to Home in Him, bringing home the joy of the gospel and helping people live as new creations. Hello again, my name's Eric Wallace, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Leslie, and we welcome you to part two in a four-part series on family worship. Yes, thank you for joining us. Last week we talked about the how and why of family worship, and so this week we're going to cover practicing doing family worship with younger children, and next next episode will be teenagers, and then we'll wrap up with um, just children in the church service. Right. So we uh, hope that this has been a blessing to you, uh, that the first one that you heard was encouraging to you. We really want to encourage you in this. Uh, we're, we are not coming to you as ones who have figured out a science to doing family worship. No, we're we coming not. to you as beggars who have found bread in Christ, and uh, certainly he has helped us in our exercise of family worship. He can help you too. So, Lord willing, what we share with you will be practical and encouraging as you seek to instill uh, this very important pattern in the life of your family. Right. But I think it's important uh, here as we're embarking on doing family worship with younger children that we need to clarify a few things. And I certainly uh, don't want to sound harsh in saying this, So please know my heart here is just to bring light, I think, to truth. And we know that the truth that we see uh, in the culture, what the culture wants us to believe is true about things, is not (laughs) usually not true when you compare it to Scripture. But, you know, we have some hang-ups with culture, and one of the problems that we see with culture is that it says that you know, unless children can get something out of an activity uh, or unless they can be entertained, then it's not worth the trouble to actually do it. And I would suggest that if, if that's anywhere uh, in our goals, then we're going to be disappointed. We're going to be frustrated and we're, we're handicapping ourselves and really we're missing out on some of the greatest benefits to be gained by doing family worship as a family with young children. Our children need to see that um, the study of the Word of God is about Him, that it is a time where we learn about God, that we come to know God. As we said last week, the goal is to see God's love, that, that they associate that with this time together in the Word, and that they that children, that they don't see themselves as the center of the universe. You know, entertain me all the time, Dad. Um, You know, that this is about coming to know God. And so our goals are to grow in the knowledge of God, uh, His love, and our understanding of the gospel message. And we want them to understand that that the Word of God, the Scriptures, are our authority for how we run our homes as Christian parents. That parents are ones that they are to learn, you know, to honor and obey because that's what God's word says. So these are things that you get from family worship that 
that children learn even though they may not fully understand everything that you're teaching them or that you know it may be kind of hard at times to sit down and listen so right because let's be realistic I mean when we talk about little kids we're talking about toddlers preschoolers younger elementary these are not they're not going to get everything that they're hearing but they are what they're getting is they are getting into the practice of this and they're they're de developing a habit you've heard it takes what 60 days for a habit to form and then once it's formed it's almost like you do it without thinking and so that is what this becomes you know with the younger kids is we're just developing that habit and we're just getting them used to the idea of sitting still of listening to the bible of of being quiet when we pray you know that kind of thing that we're they're just kind of we're building that that practice and that habit and so that being said today we do want to share some practical ways that we can keep them quote entertained or we can you know we can keep them attentive and listening we're not promoting or really rec recommending like Amish practice of sitting for three hours on a bench without you know without being able to lean back nothing like that you know we do we just have some practical ways to kind of Right, to kind of help you out with this, if you're, especially if you're just starting. And I think the first thing that I would want to say is not to overthink it. Yes. I think that we can become too um, focused and end up making it into something that doesn't have to be painful. Right. <laughs> uh, very painful if we overthink things and try to plan it too much. We need to be... Um, careful, but at the same time flexible. Remember, one of the points that we made last time was variety is the spice of life. It's important that we're flexible, especially as we're learning what's going to work. And give yourself grace because, yeah, you may have a perfect plan, but as anybody who is a parent of a two or three-year-old knows, it does not always go as planned. So you've got to just kind of work with it and, and grow and learn. So... Whenever you're working with younger kids, you're working with, with all sorts of activity. Mm -hmm. And so one of the practical things is, you know, to, to build on that, not to try to squelch activity, but to actually use activity when you're reading the word with them. Yes. So I would just, I, I'm like, he's kind of, Eric's kind of giving the, you know, his side of things when he's reading that kind of thing I'm just gonna give you the the mom side what I usually try to do some of the things I've done with littler kids you're talking about activity is um, I've had a box that just has a few small things that we pull out just for reading the Bible this works really good for really young kids maybe 18 months or two to three when they're past the age of putting everything in their mouth but you know we'll have cotton balls or just silly putty or just really things that they can just be working with their hands, even Play-Doh for some of the older kids while they're listening, because many kids learn best when they're doing something while they're listening to something. So, um, Right, and one of the things that I do with the younger kids is I let them go get the Bible and the prayer cards. I'll talk a bit about the prayer cards in a minute. Yeah. But the things that we use in our Bible time, I'll have the younger kids go and pick them up and bring them to the table. We normally read at the breakfast table. If you want to read in the living room on the sofa, that's fine. Yes. Wherever that is, is fine. Involve the kids in getting what you need to, to do the study that day. And also, if you like to sing, uh, our family is, we love to listen to great music, but we, we're not really adept at making great music. 
Uh, so you can sing with your, your kids. Little kids love to sing. You can get recordings um, from different ministries that have songs that are fun for little kids to sing. But that is by no means an absolute necessity. And even just continuing with the activity line, you know, letting them act out what you're reading, as long as it doesn't get too crazy. We did that for a time. Where yes. we would, or I would act things out. That was really fun. We did do that a little bit, and that seemed to keep their attention, and they thought that was kind of fun just to, you know, see me acting like Jonah being swallowed by a whale or something. But, um, you know, anything that gets them involved, as you said. Right, or even paper and a crayon yeah. to draw a picture of what you're reading in the Bible. Yeah. And uh, so that can be an effective strategy as well. And I, you know, I taught, uh, I did a nursery, did a children's church for a while. And part of the agreement was that I got to keep this really cool flannel board set that, that, you know, I would use in the class. And so I actually did use that with the little kids, with our kids at home, you know, so if you wanted to go so far as to get a flannel board set up so that you can you know, be, be having a picture in front of their face as you're hearing the stories. Right. I think that's good. And, you know, I've got to talk about the circles. Yes, I know. I was thinking <laughs> that. In addition to activity. Yes, in addition to activity. <laughs> actually, this will help to limit activity, yes. but in a, in a constructive way. And uh, something that worked not just for us, but there's other families that have tried this, is uh, they would go to like a carpet store and just buy a carpet remnant that a little child could sit on. You can also buy a rug or even like a circular, anything that kind of has a small space for them to sit on that provides boundary. Right. And that's the key is that one of the reasons that little kids wiggle so much is because they don't have a boundary. And so when you put them on their little piece of carpet, there's a very clear boundary that's their area that no other child can infringe upon. At least they're not supposed to. Right. And and that has been remarkable. Yes. And uh, with, they thought it was yeah. fun. And get they out thought it was little, fun. Get yeah. out their rug and set it up where they <laughs> wanted to in the living room floor. And so our older kids still talk about that. Yeah. Actually, that in combination, I would have to say, um, Eric was speaking at a Chinese church when our all of our olders were probably five or six or seven and under, little kids. And they, this Chinese church wanted to see family devotions happen live. So Eric decided to bring us up on the stage and enact out, uh, you know, how we would do family devotions. And we had to bring our little rugs because that's what we were doing at the time. So <laughs> all the little kids drug their little rugs up on the stage and put them down and, you know, Eric read and we... Oh, well, tell them the other part, though, that we did with the rugs. Yeah, so the other... the If you ask our kids, the Wallace kids, what do you remember about family devotions as a kid? They'll say the rugs and the chocolate-covered raisins because Eric had this brilliant idea that he would just get a big container of chocolate covered raisins from Costco and he pulled them out at Bible reading and all of the kids eyes just lit up because they were so excited and he would read and then he would ask questions and if the kids answered the question right they would get a chocolate covered raisin or two or Depend two. depending on how <laughs> difficult the question was sometimes I would give them five raisins and then their eyes got was, big as saucers yeah, if the question generous. was really hard <laughs> yeah I gave them more, more right. raisins. But that did. That that definitely made it enjoyable. We don't want family worship to be something that everybody dreads. So, you right. know, it made it fun and enjoyable for them. And it kept their attention really well because they were 
excited about those chocolate covered raisins. Right. And and I would say that for really young kids, probably five to ten minutes is a good time frame to aim for. But you know, every family's different. Right. If those kids are willing to sit uh longer, if you find that their attention span is growing then don't squelch that. I mean, don't cut off a really good conversation with your kids just because it went over 10 minutes. Right. You know, milk it, ride that horse as long as it's walking. And uh, you'll see through those moments, you'll look back on those times and you'll see that those were the moments that God probably did some of his greatest work. So don't cut it off. Uh, you know, just roll with it, run with it. And then there'll be days, of course, when yeah. it'll be all you can do to read a verse and pray. And don't be discouraged by that because it's this is a long-term process. God has given you your children for at least 18 years. Right. <laughs> and, and I'm so glad that that's the way he did it because I mess up so much right. that it allows me you know, the opportunity to repent for how I fall short in my leadership in my home. So, you know, just take your time and just roll with it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. One of the things that I had mentioned earlier that I was going to come back to was the prayer cards. And uh, this is something that we, I tell you, we love three by five cards. They're cheap and easy to use. And if you mess them up, nothing really is lost. But what we do is we have a three by five uh, card box, and in that we have a set of three by five cards, probably about 50, 60 cards, that have the names of people that we pray for during family worship time. Yeah. And one of the ways to involve younger children, mm-hmm. uh, which we do still, uh, our youngest is eight, but we still allow the two youngest children to select the, the cards. So I'll hold those prayer cards up in a, in a fan-like arrangement, like a deck of cards, and uh, one of the children will pick a card and then we'll pray for them. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's a very effective way of, of involving little kids, and, uh, and, and it also keeps you, you know, praying about important things that are going on in the lives of people that you know. Right. Uh, there's another way that we use three by yeah, five cards gonna, that Leslie's going to mention. Mention yes, Eric does like three by five cards, but he <laughs> he pulled this out one day, and I just thought it was really neat, and so I wanted to share. He just took main the main topics of the Bible, just you know creation, Noah, Jonah, just all whatever you can put in it, whatever you want. But he brings that deck out once in a while and he just says, okay, let's put these in order. Cause I guess I'm a big picture person. So seeing all the cards laid out on our huge 10 foot table is just kind of nice to see how it all fits together. And it really helps the kids to put the little pieces into the big piece of the whole scripture and you know, the entire word. And so, um, you know, he pulls them out. It's not regular, maybe once every couple months, yeah. you know, but you could do it at any, um, anytime you want, but it's just kind of a nice thing to just pull out and just remember again, the big picture. So. Right. The big picture of scripture. And, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's kind of a game and, you know, kids yeah. love games. Right. And so I'll, you know, pull out a card and then the kids will have to decide together where that card fits in the timeline. So, 
that's a lot of fun. And uh, it's been really instructive. I think it's been very yeah. helpful for the kids to, to pull major biblical events together in, in the right order. For so the kids and their mom. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> I learned too. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we're all learning. Yeah. And so that that was something we've done that's a lot of fun. Uh, again, variety is the spice of life. Um, for younger kids that are reading the Bible or can read, have them read. The, have them read. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely. Um, you know, I I believe from our experimentation that morning is the best time. Evening, we're all tired. Um, so the morning at breakfast table is a great time to do this. Everyone's fresh. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that we do is we use other devotionals that will blend in from time to time. And we wanted to tell you about a couple that are our favorites that we've used when the kids were really young. First is a, a book by Jessica Thompson that's called Exploring grace together 40 devotionals for the family and these are really really well done uh, simple stories that have a very clear gospel-centered point uh, so that would be one another one uh, for even younger children would be uh, my abc bible verses right by uh, susan hunt that's something eric just picked up i think yeah at, at a uh, at a denominational meeting yeah and yeah. he brought that home and that's i should say so our older kids would say the carpus the chocolate covered raisins and this book so they recently said you haven't read it to the younger kids you need to read that so we actually just finished <laughs> we got to z in that book and they were they would sit in and listen and say oh i remember missy and bill so that just was very formidable for them as well and it just kind of goes through the scriptures from a, or has a verse for each letter of the alphabet. Right. And another thing to do is, obviously, with, with COVID, we've not had normal church interactions. But anything that they learn in church through Sunday school or the children's ministry, you know, yeah. take those materials and bring them home and build family worship around those. Right. So <clears throat> definitely, you know, use everything that's at your disposal, mix it up, you know, do a little bit of here, a little bit there. And I think you'll find that things will go really well. And something else I I just forgotten to mention earlier, but, you know, little kids at this age um, do really well. If this is something I've learned in homeschooling, the Charlotte Mason approach, some may be familiar, is her concept is that you read to the child and then you have them tell you back. They narrate back what they heard. And that just helps them to kind of own it. And so just, you know, don't don't forget to use that once in a while. Just have them tell you back what they just heard. And you'll be kind of surprised with all that they did pick up, really. Right. And, and also associated with that just popped in my mind is that when you're reading a word that you don't think the kids understand, you can stop and say, do you, you know what this mm -hmm. word means? Like, for instance... This week, we started reading the book of Jonah. And uh, the book of Jonah there in the first chapter talks about the tempest, right? The, that the ocean or the sea was in, that, um, that Jonah and the boat and the crew were experiencing. And so I asked, you know, my younger child, I said, do you know what a tempest is? And so we were able to talk about that. And so the, sometimes... It's when you ask questions like that, that that the Holy Spirit takes the conversation 
in a little different direction, and you may find that you actually don't read anymore. Yeah. Because just in God's providence, you have you're having this wonderful spiritual conversation that you could have never planned or foreseen. So just ride that. If that happens, ride it, and uh, and and don't try to squelch those kind of unique moments because you'll be missing out on some fruit there. So. The last thing that we wanted to cover here in our podcast today has to do with memorizing scripture. And one of the things that that we have found, I'm sure you've probably found this to be the case too, is that younger children have an incredible capability to memorize. Yes. A little child's mind is just a sponge. Right. And so don't be afraid to begin having your children memorize even small verses. Um, even that they may <clears throat> not fully understand the depth of what they're memorizing, just having that in their mind right. is it, incredible. That God, remember, you know, that God's word does not return void without accomplishing the purpose for which it is sent. That's what God says to the prophet Isaiah. And so even though they may not fully understand, even though it may not be fully applicable in their lives, uh, take the time to continue to do the scripture memory because it does come back, you know, that God does use that. And, you know, just a quick little story to end our Mm -hmm. conversation today. Uh, I remember we were memorizing uh, it was a it was a passage in Second Thessalonians uh, about I think it was Second Thessalonians five fourteen where it talks about being at peace with all men and uh, this was a Friday afternoon that was the verse we were memorizing that week and uh, I worked from home and I was uh, my office is upstairs. And uh, that day was not a particularly... (laughs) Not a stellar day. (laughs) Not a stellar day in the Wallace home. Uh, Just a lot of conflict and so forth that was taking place between the kids and Leslie and the kids and themselves. So I was um, hearing a lot what was going on. I was upset by it. And as I went down the steps for supper... You know, I was thinking, well, what am I going to do? I need to say something. And so I thought about the passage, you know, about being at peace with all men. And, and I was I was not <laughs> operating in the spirit, and I was really going to kind of let them have it and say, what's the problem with you guys? This is the verse that we memorized. And uh, the Holy Spirit just came, you know, basically mentioned to me, he just said, what's the other verse that you memorized weeks ago? And he brought to mind 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that we are new creations in Christ. Behold, the old has passed away and the new has come. And so I really felt the Holy Spirit leading me to sit down at the table and instead of interrogating them and uh, asking them how they were not living according to the passage that we're memorizing that month, God brought to mind this other passage that we had memorized a bit ago. And so I simply said to the kids, you remember 
2 Corinthians 5.17, and they knew the verse because we memorized it. And I had said, how are you living as new creations today? And I just left it there. And one by one, the children, remembering the verse, remembering our conversation about that passage, began to confess how they were angry with a sibling or how they were not honoring their mom. And so they confessed that, and then there was forgiveness that was asked for and, and very graciously given. So that's just one example of how God brings to mind a scripture that we have memorized at key moments to give us direction that really, you know, that, that, that allow the Holy Spirit to do the deeper work uh, in our lives at that, in that moment, in those moments. Right. So take time to memorize scripture, maybe a verse a week, just a simple goal like that. And you'll be surprised as the kids get older, how much they remember <laughs> about what they memorized. And to this day, you know, we're memorizing some of the same passages with our younger kids that we memorized with the older kids. And the older kids will remember, still remember those right. verses and will quote them even yeah. before their siblings yeah. can, uh, can quote them. So, you know, God's word is powerful. It does not return void. Uh, and so we need to develop this pattern of being in the Word as a family, even with the younger children. That's so important that the young children grow up learning about the Word as their source for life and how they live. Yeah. So be encouraged. We hope you're encouraged by this. And also, just don't give up. <laughs> the little kids are very hard at times to to you know keep their attention as we've talked about but um you know it will not return void until next time walk faithfully because you are new creations in christ mm -hmm.